Welcome to the new episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. What episode number are we even on anymore? 22, I Woo, think. We're feeling 22? Yeah. Oh, God, I love Taylor Swift. Oh, fuck, I forgot that patch in my other backpack God for you. damn it. All my Taylor Swift merch and yeah, swag. Yeah, so I we keep getting random Taylor Swift leftover merch from all her past tours just like six months to eight months after the fact for some reason, and they just <laughs> find it hidden in the corner. So I come into work, they're like, we have all this T-Swift gear, do you want it? I'm like, where are we getting this from? Why do we have endless amount of T-Swift promo items? Because you deserve it. I really don't uh, want it, so that's your benefit. She is a queen. So I have, like, the Bad Reputation tour, like, all of their... Yes. I like ha- I we have a bunch of their promo items that are, like, the high price ones, and I'm like, yes. well, well, we have them now. Yes. Please yes. give to me... They're in my other backpack Give that I don't that have merch. with me. Well, you can have a sick patch. I want the sick patch. Imagine that's probably like a $25 patch. Yeah. And I'm just getting it to show my support <laughs> and my love, my appreciation. Will you wear it with on your jean jacket along with your T Swift promo I, shirt I gave you? I will wear the t shirt. I, I don't really put patches on my jean denim jackets. What are you old? I put like pins on them. You're old. I should put like a big one on the back. If you have any like big Taylor Swift. No, it's, well this one's pretty big. It's like a big oval. Oh, okay. So like That's you could bad. put a slap it on in the yeah. middle like yeah, property. Yeah, yeah. Do, like we can like go and like put Sharpie or like the fabric pens on there like property of and then just oh put it straight in the middle. Oh my god. Really Whatever DIY it. Whatever she needs. <laughs> we stand a queen. I never use that phrase because I sound fucking stupid when I do. <laughs> you do? But I stand by my I stand by my phrase. I've been Ooh. watching too many uh, Shane Dawson <laughs> uh, fucking Because you're really videos. an 18-year-old college girl? They're interesting in the way that they're just sensationalist bullshit. And you can just sit there and watch like an hour and a half video. Just like zone out <laughs> on it like... It's not very uh, good. Uh, the conspiracy videos are not very good. Obviously. They are um, entertaining, I guess. I want to know how then, because there's supposed to be a new YouTube algorithm coming out that makes it not suggest it conspiracy c- theory right video. before he announces his new, or he puts out his videos. He's like, well, thanks. Um, it's supposed to prevent you from going down rabbit holes of these conspiracy theories. Because people have found that the more... You're on the you, you're on these conspiracy theories. The more often it, it promotes them to you, so it's promoting things like flat Earth and anti-vax and dumb shit. Eventually, more dangerous shit. They found that a lot. I of mean, anti-vax get, is pretty dangerous to begin with. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to a podcast about the anti-vax movement and how uh, it started out being super racist, and now it's just super it. dangerous and, and a little racist. Well, and also it's like anti like autistic. It's anti, yeah. It's I mean, that's the biggest thing. People are like, "Hey, guess what? I want my kid to be autistic rather than be dead." Like, yeah, that's uh, a little bit too metal. I'm gonna need you to like take it also, down a lot. It's also like people are straight benefiting from it monetarily, and that's of course how everything works. If you can find a movement like flat Earth or anti-vax that makes you money, 
then you will continue to do that because it makes you money. And somehow, some way, we have to stop people from making money from that. I saw some uh, flat earth stamps and graffiti over in Lakeview <laughs> right before what? the new year. Yeah, it was like just right on the sidewalk. Uh, <laughs> like on the sidewalk, like walking towards like the Belmont red line. Maybe it was a way of measuring. Like you're down the street and you're like, I can still see the graffiti. The earth is flat. <laughs> like it's not, it's not, it it's a way curb. to prove my point. Welcome Peter. Uh, we got some spicy takes. Uh, no, we're just talking about how conspiracy videos, uh, tend to radicalize people. That and, is a spicy uh, take for some people. It is because people who want you to watch, people who want you to get down those rabbit holes are upset when you are no longer allowed to go down the rabbit holes because the algorithm doesn't benefit it. But also, it's some dangerous uh, nonsense. So, You want to know another spicy take? That's <laughs> so what happens when we stream. This is, is a like, local spicy we take. We just get into spicy takes for no reason. So right before I came over, I decided to go get Demos. And I mm. got a mac and cheese pizza because I love mac and cheese pizza. Yeah, correct. And I was eating it and I messaged my friends in our group chat. And I was like, listen, you know that Big G's pizza place over by Metro? They have better mac and cheese pizza than Demos. Uh, I stand by that, though, too. Okay, good. That's true. That's just a real it's fact. So, yeah. We didn't, e- we didn't even remember the name of that place that was by Metro because we just gone there and we're like, hey, there's pizza right there yeah. before we hop on the red line. <laughs> we don't have to walk to the opposite side of Wrigley. Dude, um, but I pizza guess is some, so good. I guess some you know locals might be pissed at this later, but whatever. Like, okay. First of all, we have... It sounds like the bomb.com. We have a wealth <laughs> of pizza in Chicago uh, of all different kinds. And the fact that there are two places that offer mac and cheese pizza just means that they can compete and get better. Exactly. Except when I was really, um, I was very much harassed and bullied on a two and a half traffic car ride home from an event by my coworkers because I said I was really craving some Pizza Hut and Little Caesars. And then they yelled Ooh. at me because they were like, that's not true Chicago pizza. I'm like, I live doesn't in the matter. suburbs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. Crazy bread. I fuck it's with good. that. It's just good. Sometimes and they were you just like, want a $5 pizza. Right? And, and like then, some crazy bread. Yeah. Like, and like, or maybe my, my sister got that, the pretzel pizza. Yeah. She ate the whole thing by herself. Yeah. Sometimes she's that's what you like, want. She's one of those, like, those really, like, she, I don't know where she puts it, because she's, like, only, like, 100 oh, right. pounds. Right. I but hope that nothing bad ever happens to her. I know, I know, right? Nothing will change in she that. She also streams on Twitch sometimes. Well, fucking shout us out. I don't know. <laughs> Host <laughs> us. Host our channel. Um, so here's uh, an episode of the most logical podcast all about pizza. Again. We're, uh, we're back together. That's even though I'm food. still sick. I've been sick for a whole ass yeah, month, but I've allowed Lizzie to be in the room with me, which means I'll probably get sick now. I'm not we'll contagious. I swear. Catch you again the, in the, March. The, the pneumonia is gone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was just a sinus infection. Uh, great. Um, no problem. No, no problem. So here we are. We're back in the actual same room. We are streaming. Video is working this time. Love it. According to all of my information in front of me, <laughs> that the video is working. This will also be on YouTube, hopefully. Cool. Um, you can check out the video at our YouTube channel, Emo Social Club, on all the social medias. Um, Except on Twitter, it's X Emo Social Club X. X emo social club X on Twitter. We're still really trying to fight this person who has the original emo social club handle. Yeah, I you swear just like, to God. I just send just threatening ats. <laughs> just like give us the 
give us the thing. You coward. Or I will send you a strongly worded email. I'll send you a. I'll have my lawyer draft up. Oh, I will find. Assist. I'll find someone with a with a with a light grasp knowledge of of the law, and I will send you. I a have t- a friend in law school. I can hit him up. I will ask you to follow <laughs> me back so that I may DM you. <laughs> Because I can't send a DM unless you follow each other. We are not mutuals. <laughs> Correct, Emo Social Club. It's We meant to do the ex-Emo Social Club acts to be edgy and emo, but then it's like, well... We had no other Also, option. we want the correct one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was just like... We want consistency across all media platforms, because when you explain it to people and they're not in this scene, it's even more cringy. So when yeah. you explain it to a normie yeah. or an indie kid, they're like... Don't like that. First of all, having to explain something to an indie kid is already rude. I work with a lot. God damn it. Um, Lizzie. Brian. A continuation from our previous episode. Have you watched The Umbrella Academy? What time do I have? What time do you have? I don't have. I still haven't finished Castlevania. It's well, been that wasn't October. the question. The question was, you can come back to anime later. It's not anime. You can come back to cartoons, cartoons. later. <laughs> yeah, right. it's cartoons. None of this makes it sound any better. <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, so no, you haven't. No, my coworker asked. <laughs> I'm. I still been working. Fine. Just because you're sick doesn't mean you stop working. Maybe for okay. Maybe that's actually <laughs> yeah. just for Some me. Some people get sick days. I still work. All right. I still have to go to school. If I, three, if I miss three classes, they immediately fail oh my me. God. This is why so many people are sick. It's because you can't get it's out of school for a day. the educational system. Yeah. I used my one excuse absence in my Monday night class, and she didn't count it as an excuse like it was supposed to be because I gave her a whole ass doctor's note. She's like, no, this is an excuse. So the next one, you're going to lose 10% of your grade. It's like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> Literally, excuse me. Literally. <laughs> As she marks me off three extra points for not using a large enough font on my <laughs> website that she didn't mention about changing. Peter I'm says... so really salty. I'm so fucking oh salty. Peter says, Umbrella Academy is amazing and worth binge watching. I agree. I just finished it last night. I felt very strongly about the show overall. I wanted to get your hot spicy <laughs> takes because you are a comic book reader so yeah. you would have some experience in that way. And here we are with nothing to talk about on wow. the damn podcast. No, we have other things to talk about, like localized zoos. Yeah, that's I'll why I want to talk about I'll, it. I'll eventually watch Umbrella Academy when I have the time. Also, because my coworker asked me, then he was like, I didn't realize Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance wrote it. Oh, of My Chemical Romance. And I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? It's only been out for how many years? Uh, Twelve. Right, yeah. I said, I was like, it was a graphic novel. He's like, I didn't read it. I'm like, well, you're in for a rude awake. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm about to tell you how it was about to go down when I watch it and, and I this compare it. is how it ends. And then he started <laughs> to try and talk Watchmen with me. I'm like, you know, I wrote a rhetorical criticism that was oh 27 God. pages on We're Watchmen. getting that into this again. <laughs> Peter like, says, I haven't finished it yet, unfortunately, because people end up trying to watch it with me and then I can't binge it. I know. I... Uh, started with my girlfriend and then the other night she wasn't feeling well and so we didn't get to finish it and i was like listen i'm i feel for you like i'm so i'm sorry <laughs> that you feel, feel this you. way but like get your shit together i'm trying to finish umbrella academy granted i did that with my with one of my best friends i've been trying to finish season four black mirror since september because oh we haven't been able to hang out yeah 
you just need to finish it. Just go. You got your own Netflix. I, mean, I did binge Satch all on my own with another friend anyway. I, I just said, fuck it, yeah. I'm gonna do it. And because I don't have the right TV to do it on, still. Actually, her well, TV does it. I'm thinking we're just gonna get it into looks that. Looks like now. Apple TVs has issues. Apple TV is fine. Whatever. Just the remote controls apparently don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to start us off talking a bit about Umbrella Academy because we're going to get into probably something that is not super. <laughs> like it just seems like no one is really interested in this, but I think that people need to be made more aware of things about it. Uh, so that is the local Chicago elections coming up. Yes. Uh, Next week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, the 26th. 26th of February are the local Chicago elections. Uh, We are voting on mayor, (coughs) aldermans, treasurer. treasurer. Um, So a bunch of things are coming up that we seem to just sort of forget about in the news. Because news is very national. It's supposed to appeal to everybody. So um, I think that we get a lot more information about you know national politics and now obviously people are talking about the 2020 race and and who's running for that and we're not having the conversation about who's running yeah and all in all that's what's really going to affect people way more than than anything else that's happening nationally which is is still there 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 are things that need to happen that will affect people's lives uh medicare for all and the green new deal and things that that we're talking about which are great but Chicago, being that we both, well, I live in Chicago, you don't live here yet, but you live in the neighboring suburbs. I'm here most of my life. Yeah, it does affect you. Obviously, it affects people who take CTA, who drive into the city, who uh, who work take any public transit, jobs. who works minimum wage jobs, um, who want to live here, who go to school here, who... Uh, no people who's here. No people who's here. And uh, it's a big city. It's the third largest city in the United States. So it's worth looking into how this is going to affect not only the people who live here and also the people who live uh, in the neighboring suburbs as well. So It's also one, like one of the most corrupt states. <laughs> also that. You know, let's just put that out there, it's too. Also we, place, we are aware of how corrupt this state yeah. and city is. It's also, uh, I mean, Illinois is one of the... Uh, the States in the United States that most people are moving out of, um, whether it's due it's to corruption expensive. or just the crazy fucking cold weather, um, trying to get out to all the warmer states before they're all buried. You by mean that the they sea. all? Yeah, they get they get buried disconnected the and they yeah. drift off and then sink like Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, by Florida. Oh, just, well, fucking, that's fine. Yeah, honestly. Um, Except for Disney World. Sure, there's Disneyland, I guess. It's not the same. I, I know. Um, I- but uh, I'm not going to come to this podcast and say that either one of us are experts on Chicago elections. We we know the baseline of it, and we should know more. But again, I also know more about my area in DuPage County, about who's running for that, and like in that my town yeah. as well, because I live in that town. Yeah. So I know more. <laughs> Fair. And I've had to cover it before for local election coverage anyway yeah. so Lizzie's i'm more journalistic in, integrity yes i'm more inter- i'm more versed in western suburban politics <laughs> great but i know basic chicago if we weren't getting uh politics if we aren't, weren't already getting super niche we're now getting even super niche super niche <laughs> yeah and super niche love it dude thanks for stopping by peter we'll check you out later uh this episode will go up tomorrow and uh your name will be in it <laughs> love it because i'm just gonna fucking rip it and post it so <laughs> yeah but thanks for stopping by um 
so since we're not experts on this and you won't even necessarily have to learn this because you won't be voting necessarily in this election um or if you're in chicago you do yeah uh i think that it would be good for us to get some information out um try to push some people into actually getting involved in local politics um you know we've had guests like ariel and uh Maria from Black Lives Matter come on to talk about how local Chicago politics affects uh, their community and how the communities overlap. I do think that there is definitely some overlap between the emo community, the community that wants to uh, to relive their sad days, and also a community that wants to go out and get involved in this and change some things. Um, I think that people have become a lot more politically active since the 2016 election and since Trump was elected, and now we have an opportunity afforded to us to say okay cool you want to be involved you want to be part of the the change here you go you can be part of it in your local community it will affect people you know it'll affect your life let's go ahead and do it so this is kind of i think me putting my money where my mouth is a little bit uh saying that i want to get involved and actually doing something to get involved um and hopefully trying to push people who listen to our podcast if you are in chicago or you're somewhere else even uh and you have your local lectures going on go yeah. research them better than we have oh i mean look i we put out on twitter we put out on instagram that we wanted people to to send us who they were voting for and to get involved and i mean I'm, i don't think that our audience is necessarily like huge <laughs> i don't think that we have like this this giant reach National of people range. yeah and people may not necessarily like respond to everything that we post but i do think there was something to be said that we didn't get a lot of respondents and that we as ourselves don't necessarily know a bunch about it and uh i think that it's just it's just not as interesting it's not as glitzy and glam glamorous as as all these things going on. Yeah, like there's something entertaining and there's something very like Game of Thronesy about the national election. Like people want to see all of these dynasties and who's doing what and who's fucking over everybody else and and that's not really always Chicago politics. Well, I mean, you do have a dynasty like you yes, coming <laughs> in with like daily and everything. Yeah. So we do have that to yeah. that. It's also that Chicago is very much a democratic city, so you're working within the Democratic Party still. There's just people that are from different sides of one party. It's not one it's not side a versus another of side. The Democrats yeah. line basically. It's like, am I more libertarian? Am I more democratic socialist? Am I more like yeah. secretly Republican? But I don't want to <laughs> say it. I'm cons- I have conservative economic values, yeah. but I'm socially liberal. Yeah. No, shut the fuck up. That doesn't exist. Yeah, shut up, Howard Schultz. Uh, Fuck that guy. So Honestly. I'm still drinking your coffee, but fuck you. I, I only drink it because people give me gift cards. Otherwise, I really... Or I go to my friends who still work at Starbucks and like, hit me up. Listen, we don't have to justify why we still drink Starbucks, even though the former CEO is a turd. Like, that's not our, Did you know that's not if, our job if here. If you blend a birthday cake pop, which you can't do I, unless um, you actually worked at into Starbucks, a um, and, into a frappuccino... <laughs> I know a vanilla bean. It tastes really good. This is a uh, former Starbucks employee. Like I have a whole black nonsense. apron to prove it. Jesus. And many I had to get mine back. Ones. So you had a black apron? No, I had a green one, but they wow, forced me to give really it back. Basic. I didn't give a shit about working at Starbucks. I was working wow. for minimum wage. I mean, Speaking I get of, too much of a shit. Minimum wage, $15. So Right, but it, remember, that $15 <laughs> is only going to increase after five years. I know. And it's already been implemented at least 
for Chicago for the last year and a half, two years. So the rest of Illinois is finally catching up. Illinois is currently stuck at eight twenty-five an hour as minimum wage, and some places still pay it. My undergraduate college paid their student workers eight twenty-five an hour. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm so salty. Listen, I now work for a place that offers more. I think. I'm proud of you. Uh, moving up in the world. I've moved up a long time ago when I quit fucking Starbucks. So. I wanted to find a way for us to get some more information about the candidates. And um, there's this quiz online. Uh, We will link it below. This is from Radio Station 91.5 WBEZ. NPR? Is it? NPR affiliate. It is an NPR affiliate. I didn't see that on on this exact page, but sure. It's just... It's just local knowledge. Yeah. Lizzie, of course, I should have just asked you about radio stations. Been trying stations. to get into uh, NPR for a while now. Mm. What's up? Hit well, me up. Well, yeah, we are now uh, spreading your information on our podcast. So if you ever need I'm any support capable. at your uh, radio station. I'm very capable of podcasting. Lizzie has the uh, experience and I have the uh, interest, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I was like talking you in like a microphone. You like to be the pretty boy face. I sure. I'll do, I'll do the rest. <laughs> Pretty-ish boy face. Um, Old man face. So it's a quiz that uh, is addressing some of the issues that are likely to be on voters' minds. Um, I didn't know some of these things were happening. So I took this quiz the other day and I got an answer and I've completely forgotten it since I took it. Um, I've also heard some things about other candidates that I would think that I'd probably align myself with more. Uh, than the results I got. So we'll go a bit through some of these things at the end. Um, I'll take the quiz and we'll just see how I line up since I'll be the one voting in the Chicago election. Um, So this is just our way of trying to get people to have more information about a a subject. And we might dive into those subjects a little bit more as we go through this quiz. So the link will be down below in whatever you're watching this on or listening to it on. You'll be able to find the information there. Uh, If you live in Chicago and you're interested in finding out more about the election, I would suggest this to be less like a interactive quick way of getting some information to be at least a semi informed voter um, and definitely take the opportunity to go vote. You should have all that information already. If you don't, quit being a... You should have already gotten like millions of Yeah, stop being a goober and just do your job. Do your your civic duty of living in this city. Um, Okay. Question number one. Do you want the next mayor (laughs) to raise fees on ride shares like Uber and Lyft to fund CTA improvements? Well, here's the thing. If you have a lot of people that I know live in the city, but they don't have vehicles. Mm -hmm. So they rely on all forms of public transportation. So it's kind of like a tit for tat. It's like, well, one thing I ride all the time is going to be improved. But the other thing I ride all the time is going to really fuck me over. So it's kind of like a, it's like a lose, lose, win, win at the same Mm -hmm. time. I... So I don't know if it's just the way this question is worded. There is a, there's a link here. I'll go to it just to see a little bit more about this info, which links to a Chicago Tribune article uh, about considering uh, the aldermen are considering capping the number of rideshare vehicles. And I don't know if you are, uh, if you as a listener know who Ed Burke is, but if you see Ed Burke's name in something, it's probably some fucking bullshit. So, of course, his name is in the second fucking paragraph on here, and I'm like, no, this is probably trash. So, I take the CTA to work every day. Uh, I will also say that I have been to uh, multiple countries and taken public transit in different places around the world and experienced it 
in good places, in okay places, and pretty much everywhere across the world, like the public transit is a lot better. And they may or may not have rideshare functions, but uh, I do believe from my experience in these places that your country is should be judged on the way that you allow people to get around. Um, there's a lot of issues in in underprivileged communities of access to public transit, of access to owning a car if you can't afford it, access to riding a bike anywhere. Like you don't really have these options. I think that the CTA does need to be improved, but I also think that the idea of taking money from another form of transportation to pay for that is not the right way. Especially when so many of the same people who would benefit from the CTA improvement mm -hmm. are the ones taking the ride share. So it's pretty much them overpaying, yeah. in a sense, for it. I, uh, I've i also, there's been some interviews with um, uh, Uber, or not Uber so much, but Lyft. Uh, this, the, the couple of people from Lyft were, were interviewed about the statistics that Lyft has been pulling. And Uber and Lyft, I believe, both of them together, just ride shares, uh, are 1% of the market share of driving, of cars driving, or, or any transportation in the United States. Um, if that's even 1% of what Chicago is, this isn't a great format to get people to pay for things. Um, most countries actually have a tax on cars in cities so for example most nordic countries uh which i lived in sweden i went to uh, a couple cities in in sweden multiple times uh there was one time where i drove into a city called gothenburg where if you want to know some quick emo trivia about <laughs> gothenburg uh that is where bring me the horizon recorded their sem paternal album so there you go i've connected this back to some fucking emo music um so they have a tax that if you drive a vehicle into a populated city that you pay extra like a like a toll just to enter the the city with your car. It doesn't mean you can't drive around the country and obviously these countries are much smaller than right. the United States or than the United States. I'd compare, you know, Sweden to a smaller state in the United States. Um, but if you drive into the populated cities there, you pay a tax for driving that car. And this is a a, a way of reducing uh, carbon emissions. It's a way of reducing that, so it's helpful for the environment. It reduces uh, just general traffic and general clusters of, of cars in the city. Um, it also helps them fund all of the transit, so buses and, and trains, um, ride, or, uh, bike shares, which are really popular in Europe before they came over here. Um, so this is just sort of like a, 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 a way that other countries have thought of, of solving this issue. Um, I feel very strongly about CTA in Chicago because I use it every day, but also because I know how much better it could be. So the idea of like taxing what is one format of transit that doesn't add to congestion, that doesn't add to cars on the road, that doesn't add to, um, uh, you know, I, I, think that, I think that there's better ways of solving the issue by reducing the amount of cars on the road. And that's essentially what Lyft and what Uber would like to do overall is reduce the amount of cars that need to be on the road because this is such a major issue in so many cities across the United States that isn't being solved by the public transit options that all of them have. 
every other city across the oh, the world um i the the prime example of how good it can be is japan and even south korea is that their trains are constant they run on time constantly they send apology letters to the population of their country when their train is seconds late and i don't mean like 30 seconds i mean like 10 seconds late like they run so on the clock and so consistently with very little malfunctions because they invest a lot in this and it spans the majority of let's say tokyo it 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 goes all over tokyo you can take transit everywhere you do not need to own a car in one of the largest cities in the world the idea that we think that this can't also happen in the united states is just so fucking strange like we have this concept well, that we it's, cannot it's, have that's that that's a culture thing that's a cultural thing because obviously if you look at like japan and south korea they are a completely different type of culture mm-hmm. especially when it comes to time we're yeah. here it's it's back and forth. There's so many different variables when it comes to it. Because Southern, if you go to like the Southern part of the States, it's very like, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. And, and I, up here, we're very like, we have to be <laughs> on like 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early, yeah. whatever it is. You never see people who are like exactly right on the dot unless mm-hmm. it's like accidental. It's like, I, I mean, we can go into a much longer conversation about how we built America around roads and cars rather than building our transportation system around the people who live there. Um, a lot of European countries were not built when there were cars. <laughs> they were built before cars were invented. So their cities are, hello, Saif. Uh, welcome to the stream. Oh. We're talking about transportation. <laughs> um it's a really interesting stream today. So I, um, the, these were cities that were built in order to allow people to walk or to take a bike everywhere, and Chicago is not. Chicago is not necessarily a good biking city that people can just grab a bike share and go wherever they want and get across the city because the city is much larger spatially it's spread without options uh you know there's the last mile problem of of getting a bike or a scooter to where you take the cta somewhere but you still have to get from the cta to where you actually are going unless you work down in the loop or if you work you know somewhere else you're like right. you're you're in an area where you know that there's going to be a lot of population for you know work or living yeah so it's i feel like we're gonna spend a lot of time on this i've also like thought to myself you know there's a lot of like local politicians we heard this a lot in the midterms about like um i forget her name she's a trans woman who was elected to state uh representative uh position and she literally ran on like i want to fix the streets in my community and won because she ran on a single issue of like i want to improve something that affects the lives of the people that i know and people were like, yeah, that's all we want. All we want is someone who fixes like this. It's it's one thing, but it fixes so much around what we do on a daily basis that this is the kind of person we want to elect. So I, if I ever, you know, in, in if I just get bored and I'm like, all right, it's time, I'm going to just fucking run for office. Like I would run on a single platform of just like, I want to fix public transit. I want to fix it so that we, it fixes just a bunch of other issues, but I want to just be, a single ticket person of just like the major thing that I would run on is like fixing transit. If I ever, if I ever end up doing it, I, who the fuck knows what the future holds ever. But if I ever ended up doing it, I'd be like, no, straight up. It's about like, we're fixing transit. So I, I have a lot of information about this specific issue, but <laughs> what emo? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, oh, no. 
Sorry. Uh, so, Saif asked, may I ask you about what's emo? What are they? Uh, so, in oh. the context of what we're doing here on Emo Social Club Podcast, let me try to connect this both. Um, so, we are a podcast about emo music, which is, let's say, bands like My Chemical Romance Fall or Boy. Fall Out Boy or Panic at the Disco. And we are trying to bring that community of music together with our local community in Chicago, with um, issues that affect that community. So, uh, whatever's in the news. Oh, it's fine. Uh, that's out of the subject. We will... I'll I'll jump in and answer it now since you're since you're asking. Um, we are we are just trying to connect those two things of like our music community and our social uh, community around that music um, to what is actually affecting people that we know and affecting uh, the different unheard communities around that. Basically, um, we saw that there was a need to actually address and sometimes even call out people for not being socially proactive and to also go out of their you know single issue platform maybe that they only know one thing like in the emo community a lot of people know a lot about you know suicide education prevention which is great but they don't know much about like healthcare reform and medicare or their local you know elections which is equally just as important yeah (laughs) so we created this to kind of talk about that and talked about talk about more hard news subjects that could connect to the community and try to make it relevant to the community by you know intermingling the culture that we know yeah so that's why we're we're talking about politics and local Chicago politics on this episode. Normally we talk about like music and TV and 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 you know entertainment news, but um, this is just something that's coming up next week. So we want to make sure that we're giving that information out. Um, I don't really mind that it's sort of off topic because it's also like I want to keep reminding anybody who's listening to this episode like yes I know like we're talking about some shit that doesn't sound that interesting on the top but also like it's really there's more to come so there's a lot more to come yeah Um, the the next one is well I want to I want to at least answer this question about the CTA but I'm going to stop talking about it Um, but I would say no I do not (laughs) think that we should raise fees on ride shares I think that there's a better way to find income to make CTA improvements so my answer is no so there's also there's a yes or no and can't answer yes or no. Yeah. Uh, just so you're aware of what what, what our options are. <laughs> there's no right and answer. Yeah. So the next one is Chicagoans are not currently allowed to make anonymous complaints against police officers. Should the next mayor work to change that policy? And we all know how notorious our Chicago <laughs> PD are. Oh. You know over the last have they what, done anything? Decade? Have they done anything that's been in the national news as of late? Huh. So I think this is a pretty easy <laughs> answer yeah. for us to make. Um, I do believe that. I mean. First of all, you should be allowed to make complaints about the police if you want to make them anonymously. That's the only way to have uh, a good way of speaking up against them. Then it's accountability. It's it's accountability. We should allow it. So uh, I do believe that the mayor should change the policy of making anonymous uh, complaints against police officers. If we can make anonymous complaints and tips against people who commit crimes, and we've seen, especially in this past few months, like. Van Dyke, mm-hmm. how that was whole, wholly covered up, and then how he pretty much got off with a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. with everything that he done to uh, Laquan McDonald. And I think it's beneficial because there's not always going to be the truth that comes out of it. So 
Yeah, agreed. So that one was much shorter than the CTA improvement Yeah, yeah, one. it was. Um, should the next mayor work to hire more police detectives? This is question number three. Should the next mayor work to hire more police detectives to reduce violence and increase Chicago's low homicide clearance rate? Um, I, you know, we, we, we interviewed Ariel Maria of Black Lives Matter, and I th- believe that most people, especially in minority communities and underserved communities, would agree that the solution is not more police officers. Um, well, we also have to remember police officers, police detectives are two different classifications hmm. within the police force. Okay. Police officers are ones who are actually at the front lines. Police detectives come in after the fact. Gotcha. So that's where it differs. So then, because I, I am not aware of this, so I'm going to click on this article and read more. This handy-dandy link. I am always going to be very willing to find out more about a subject that I don't know enough on. I will always admit when I'm wrong, and I feel very comfortable doing that. There's nothing that. bad in doing that, by the way, general public. It's uh, really good to do it, it because is okay. if you're just going to yell and complain about something and not be educated on it, then you kind of look like a fool. It is okay to say... I don't know. Stand by it. Especially if it's after the fact and you were proven wrong. Just be like, yep. Okay. I, was I, wrong. I I love being proven wrong because then I learned something. Um, so Chicago's homicide rate is at a historic low. Uh, this is actually from a couple years ago. This article, um, but I, it's my understanding, according to this, that the um, the homicide rate is lower than it has been. Um, I guess I. From the wording of hiring more police, I have concerns because right, I do believe obviously. that they work together. They work yeah. jointly at the end of the day. Um, I believe again that the solution is not to police communities more or to try to um, you know harm harm these certain communities with more police intervention and police interaction. I do believe that it's more about prevention rather than. Um, whatever you say persecution or, or however you want to put it but it's about spending more time ahead of all of these crimes being committed um i do believe that the homicide rate you know being low is good <laughs> i is agree good. with it um i i i guess i don't necessarily know enough about what a police detective would benefit to reduce violence and increase chicago's low hom- homicide clearance rate i i just don't necessarily know how hiring more Please stop. If we're already on this rate, if we're already on this on this decline, is it really going to matter if we hire five to twenty-five to fifty more per you know per area? And that, to think about that, that's a lot of money. That's also a lot of taxpayer money. Yeah, that's going to be allocated to police, where people rather have it allocated to literally anything else. And. I mean, the way that data works <laughs> is not that necessarily because you have more means that it is going to improve exponentially. So let's say we have 10 police detectives right now and the homicide rate drops to a, the lowest it's been. Well, does that mean that hiring 10 more will have the amount of it of what it is? Or will it is there is there other factors that have caused that decline in in the homicide rate? And I don't know if that's necessarily I, I mean, maybe this question is just simple and my brain wants to like find all of the pieces of the puzzle there. But in my mind, I would say no, because I do not believe that that's how it works. Uh, we are only streaming on Twitch right now. This will be posted as a YouTube video, though, on our YouTube channel, which is Emo Social Club. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I mean that'd be my my thought. I don't know if you have any corrections for I mean, what I'm saying. It's <laughs> pretty similar because the only thing that I could add on is police detectives once they come in after the fact after whatever crime or homicide is committed, what they're going to do is try to find whomever did it, and then try to you know trial and sentence them. Um, but again, it also comes down to the fact of. Are we actually putting people who deserve to be put away, or are we putting in people who are trying to meet a certain quota? Or is yeah. it because of other underlying factors like racism, for example, that we've seen is heavily populated in our Chicago PD? <laughs> yes, it's an issue. So it's it's kind of like you're put in the middle of what do you really think? And I feel like this should be an easy, like, yes, I, I agree, no, I don't agree. But I think because there's so many nuanced events and instances that have gone on in the past decade, it's hard to be confident in saying yes or no. Yeah. Um, no is the answer I'm putting for that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me. Getting through it. All right. Four um, out of 19. Yeah. Here you read it. Do you want the next mayor to work to hire social workers to respond to police calls involving mental health episodes? Uh. This I'm, sounds like a yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen in the past, too, how officers will, you know, do well-being checks and people who, you know, are maybe mentally unstable, you know, they get violent because they have an illness and they can't control me. They're not taking their meds. Maybe they ran out of meds or maybe they're triggered by something and then they end up shooting and killing them. Yeah, I mean, that's... We've heard enough stories like that and and you would assume that the the... The issue is because people don't know how to de-escalate a situation or because um, I just heard I heard like a very strange uh, report. And actually, this goes back to the whole anti-vax thing. So as it turns out, is that, you know, <laughs> anti-vaxxers will say, well, the rate of autism is increasing in this country and it's because of vaccinations. And that's, that's not a lie. it's that's non-correlative a information. Um, the truth is, is that a lot of minority communities do not have the money to go to get diagnosed for mental health issues. So autism was finally starting to be diagnosed more in minority communities, which caused the rates to skyrocket. It's not because people didn't have autism before. It's because people had autism and were not diagnosed with it. Well, it's also recognizing that there's a spectrum of autism that, you know, it's only come about in like the last 10 to 15 years that mm -hmm. people can realize, you know, there's Asperger's and then there's other different forms of autism autism that range from you know highly adaptable to traditional society and people who need that extra assistance because they aren't able to do it on their own yeah so it's also acknowledging that like people who have asperger's people just typically think like that kid's just really fucking weird but they just like, think no that, that kid fucking, has asperger's it's like, just sheldon <laughs> it's just fucking Stop. sheldon i mean it is but also uh yeah so in my mind like there needs to be more of an emphasis on mental health when it comes to policing because it's not necessarily something that everyone is able to have diagnosed. It's not necessarily something that everybody is able to address. You're not, you may not know that you have mental health issues and then a police is at your door and you're... You you're not you know your 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 child or your your family member is undiagnosed. Or, or sometimes people are in certain you know episodes and their yeah. main thing is fight or flight and what they're gonna do most of the times for some people is fight. Yeah, but as as the peacekeepers, as law people, you need to be keeping 
the situation de-escalated to where you can handle it and have a non-violent resolution is my overall belief of everything. I will say I went to um, my undergrad with somebody who he was only getting a bachelor's because Chicago PD apparently requires you to have at least a bachelor's degree to join Mm -hmm. the force. So he got a bachelor's degree in broadcast, but he really wanted to be Chicago PD. And he lives on like the south end of Chicago. And he pretty much said, like, they train you to just shoot and ask questions later, figure it out later. Yeah. Which, don't fucking do it that. It just isn't right. I mean, yeah, you. That's, that's why we have an issue. I mean, I would love it. I would say that from my opinion, I would love to believe more in the police department and police officers. Um, I, of course, am a straight white man, so my experience with them has either been non-existent or good, you know, if I get into a traffic incident or something like that. Like, obviously, I'm having a different interaction than someone else of a different community would, and I am aware of that. But um, in this case, I do believe that if the situations in Chicago that we tend to hear about in the news are police officers having a terrible interaction in minority communities and overwhelmingly affecting minority communities, then it seems worth it to me to at least add to the, to the force a person who's trained to handle different issues like mental health um, and especially to be involved when responding to those issues or seeing those issues out in, uh, in the communities. So I'm going to say yes. Um, as I said in the previous thing, I'm not necessarily for hiring more police officers to solve issues, but I am for... Um, well, remember, this is a social worker. So somebody yes. who has been significantly trained yeah. in how to handle you know, these people who have these mental illnesses and yeah. who are in this situation. Yeah, I think that that is... Um, I think that that's the correct method, at least. If we are hiring people to work with the police that are benefiting the force in different capacities... Uh, so question number five, we are just rocketing through these 19 questions in this most exciting of episodes. It's fine. We, we can always speed through if we really feel the need. If we, you know, when I get to about an hour on this, it's going to be like, fuck it. Let's just get it done. No, I'm kidding. Um, number five, should the next mayor lobby state legislators to allow a city run casino in Chicago? The answer I have may surprise you. Cause I looked really? into this one a little bit. Um, so apparently there's been some issues with getting the rights to have a city-run casino in Chicago. This is something that people have wanted to do, and there's been a lot of legality around it and issues with it. Um, I, again, I've been to a lot of places in this world. Yes, you have. Um, not a lot of places necessarily have legalized gambling. Japan, for example, you cannot gamble legally anywhere in in Tokyo. They have pachinko, which is just a game. You don't win anything from it, but people go and they spend money to play it, but you don't actually win anything. And you hang out like it's a casino, but it's not actually a casino. I haven't actually been in one. That's just my understanding of it. Um, but there is no like gambling in that way. On the other end, you have cities, let's say like New Orleans, which I've been to a couple times, and there's a large casino right in the middle there. Or you have Vegas, where the majority of the industry is, is gambling. gambling. Um, and then most of those places do have uh, more freedoms around that. For example, both cities you can drink on the street in. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Chicago, I've you know I've come to understand like this is a law in Chicago where uh, industries do not want you drinking on the street, not because of of crime or increase, you know, just sort of like that sort of attitude around it. It's more just because they don't want to lose the money going into the bars or money going into into places. They want the money from that. And so bars and, and restaurant corporations like say, no, we don't want any of that sort of shit. That's my roundabout way of saying I kind of think that there should be a casino because it does increase revenue to the city. The city has revenue coming in from that. Um, I do believe that it would not be a direct like improvement over things. Um, and I don't know necessarily Chicago does a great job of uh, doing good things with the money. Like, yeah. so the revenue, like we obviously have an issue where the revenue coming into Chicago doesn't necessarily get used in the best ways and it doesn't get budgeted correctly and it doesn't go for the things that we need to be spending the money on. So the idea of in- increasing revenue and then using it inappropriately seems counterintuitive, though I do believe that overall there would be a net gain from having a city-run casino in Chicago. I've never thought about a <laughs> I know. in the city I know. Ever. I read this question. I, I looked into it, and I, I was like, I've never even fucking thought of this. But yeah. you think, like, like, I'm trying to think of other major cities – like Chicago that would have a casino in it. And I can't think of many. Um, my hometown of Des Plaines got a casino right before I went, uh, I moved to the city when I got out of college. Um, as far as I know, there, there was a big battle between whether it would be in Des Plaines or Rosemont. And it's kind of basically on the border. They wanted it near O'Hare. And, and it was a, a thing of like trying to get that revenue there. And as far as I know, Des Plaines has gotten a much better revenue from having the casino there um displays made a lot of improvements since i left god damn it <laughs> we got the first starbucks after i fucking left Ooh. yeah jesus i'm like so i mean that that's the most experience that i have with a a town or, or a city of some sort getting a casino in it and saying okay great we're making more revenue i do think it would benefit chicago in that way um I looked through this before when I took this quiz and saw that a lot of people were for it, even the people that you'd think like weren't weren't going to be yeah. for that sort of thing. So I'm going to say yes as a as a thing. I don't know thing. if this is the the best or most important. Yeah, I I I I think that having more money coming into the city to be able to do more things with it is a good is a net good. I just don't know it depends on who we elect to say you're going to use it for the right yeah. things or who who is in charge of these uh, of when the when the money comes in who's in charge of spending it who's in charge of budgeting it which we'll get to treasurer which i 100% know who I'm voting for a treasurer I'm so, so proud of you. way easier uh, it's literally just mayor that there's like <laughs> 2015 people running and i need to figure out who to vote for for that so i am saying yes uh, there should be uh, the next mayor should lobby state legislators to allow a city-run casino in Chicago. Question number six. All right. Do you want the next mayor to support a tax on financial transactions conducted by asset exchanges in Chicago, <laughs> such as the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the CB- CBOE? If you're listening to this while driving, I would ask that you wake up. You're behind the wheel right now. And uh, please be careful. You're on the city streets. Or wherever you're driving. I don't know. But the point is, good morning. Welcome Hello. back to the podcast. Um, taxes. This is, uh, yeah. Finance. This is a real dry question. And I know that's a real dry question. So I had to dive into this one as well. Um, 
basically this is sort of like a tax on the wealthy this is sort of a tax on um being able to tax our wall street i guess quote unquote wall street of chicago basically we have like our own mini wall street in the city and that's basically where everyone goes for you know stock exchanges yeah so this is being able to tax on those exchanges um this was originally proposed um by the gubernatorial uh hopeful they wrote here uh dan biss who was running against um Pritzker. Pritzker for the the nomination in the primary lost it, but this was his for idea for governor of Illinois, Illinois for yeah. Democratic bid. So um, this is essentially, to me, a similar uh, topic as taxing on the rich, taxing Wall Street executives, taxing the people who are making the money. Taxing so, like the companies, like Amazon is getting yeah is getting taxed nothing this year. Yeah. They don't have to pay anything. So, and, that's, and people who earn at least anything lower than $50,000 are just expected to pay yeah. significantly more than actually get anything back. So I'm going to keep this one simple and say I agree almost across the board with the tax on yes. on the wealthy. Uh, just, just You simple, have money. Simple way of saying it. Like, Sorry you can't go on like another yacht trip. It's because of the fact that you don't tax these things that people are allowed to do them as much as they want and it's it's a financial gain for the person doing it. So the idea that you can just do whatever you want because you have a shit ton of money and you just are going to keep all that money and make more money on top of it while other people can't <coughs> pay for things and we can't afford uh, things for the city and there's not enough revenue coming in because you're you're just taking all the revenue. <laughs> you know, just tax them more. So I, I say yes. And, and just remember too, a lot of these people do donate to charity, but a lot of those are written off on their taxes anyway. Yeah, it's just a tax write-off. It's just a benefit. It's like, sure, but also the idea that like... It's oh good boy, PR. The idea that we expect people who make a fuck ton of money to just do the right thing with their money as charity or with donations or with foundations or whatever it is, is like, no, just fucking pay for it. <laughs> like, so if we tax the rich and we can pay for health coverage for most of America... Because we tax the rich at a, at a rate that no one disagrees with is like, just fucking do it. If you really just want to do this, if you really want to make this thing happen, just fucking do it. Anyway, I don't think that that's a, that's a too spicy of a take. <clears throat> Question number seven. Do you want the next mayor to support the creation of an income-based city tax either on Chicagoans or commuters? I don't like the way this sounds. Yeah, I don't like the way this sounds either. Um, so it's a commuter tax, and this would be uh, my <coughs> understanding of a tax on, you know, c- commuting people who don't live in the city that are coming into the city to, I assume, make money in the city. I'm already paying $220 a month to take the <laughs> fucking Metra in that hardly runs so I can work and yeah. go to school down here. So, um, this is like an, it's like a link to their radio station, uh, radio thing. They're a very reputable station for reporting. Um, I will leave it in there. This explains, um, this is actually one of the mayoral candidates, Bill Daly is saying that we should consider a commuter tax. Um, it doesn't unfortunately have enough information in this article. It's all in the radio interview. So, um, yeah, I would not want to go with that, but. I 
would generally believe that we should not be taxing we you know like the first question if we're going to tax anything it should be people who are commuting by car not by public transit um and that's for bringing a car into the city and try to reduce the amount of people that are driving on our already congested highways and improving the CTA to allow more riders to be on it, to allow the rides to be smoother and more consistent, more convenient. And yeah, I, I don't believe a tax on those people, maybe a tax on cars, maybe a tax on that. Um, income-based city tax, I do believe in income-based taxes and reducing it on yes, the people who... The, who make more money, they're going to get yes. taxed more. People who make less money won't get taxed as much because they're not making enough money. Yes, and if you are on the other side of that, I suggest you read about tax brackets, which I believe would be mostly how people would think of this. Um, tax brackets do not mean that they're, ta they're taking 70% of your income. <laughs> That's not how tax brackets work. That's just how people want you to think that they work because they don't want you to take 70% of their uh, income over a lot of money. Um, anyway, I generally would probably say no to this overall, I think. I don't think that I'm, would, I'm feeling strongly about it. I do feel there are better ways of making um, revenue than taxing people, people who would really feel it. And people who are, you know, what if they're commuting to the city to, like, go to the museums or for being like a tourist basically you, yeah like i i think there's some other options here i think that there's a bigger picture here so i would say no on this one maybe look at some other options so i'm gonna say no just to to put my two cents in but uh, I, there might be a different way of thinking about it and i might be able to change my mind on that if i can um hear somebody's opinion on it and think differently about it um question number eight all right Tax hikes are often discussed as a solution to Chicago's underfunded pension crisis. Should the next mayor explore cutting benefits for current and or future workers and retirees in order to lower the city's pensions obligations? I'm so sorry that I keep giving you all of the boring to read questions. Well, listen, here's the thing. Should we cut benefits for like people on Medicare, basically? Like people who are older, they've already done their due diligence. And they're expected, you know, to have that money ready for them after the for Social Security. Yeah. And, of course, the issue here is that we can't pay it because we've fucked up the budget and money in other ways. We have no money here in Illinois. We are flat-ass broke. Yeah, but the idea that we would then solve that issue by cutting the benefits seems like... That doesn't seem right to me. Like, you already were, were submitting money into something, and then to say after the fact that you're going to cut the benefits in order to pay more people, it's like, but why aren't we looking at the other <laughs> solutions to income and then fixing the issue with you not budgeting it correctly before we start cutting things for people that have essentially earned what they're supposed to be getting? And the biggest thing is, is a lot of these people who get these pensions are government state workers who yeah. earn a significant amount of money that they can put away in their own 401k. Yeah. And not really have to think about it more often than not. Yeah. I I'm going to say no on this one. I, I don't believe in I don't believe that regular people, people that are going to feel the the pain from these sort of things deserve to feel the pain the way they do. I believe that there are other ways to solve these issues from people that won't feel much of a hit. And we should not be affecting the lives of regular people, regular ass mofos like you and I that don't deserve it. So it's a no for me, dog. Randy Jackson. 
Question number nine. Chicago's vehicle ticketing and enforcement system disproportionately affects people of color. Should the next mayor make changes to the system, even if it means less revenue for the city? My answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> um, straight up, this is true. Uh, Parking tickets, parking attendance, parking uh, violations, and the money that's earned from the revenue of that does disproportionately affect people of color. Um, that there is just have, a straight up fucking fact. Different um, investigations that have gone on with this, and you know, people who are traditionally more on the south end, where there are more POC individuals, they get ticketed much more, and then they can't they can't drive their car. But yeah. for a lot of people, that's their only way of transportation up into the city or out, you know, to the suburbs if that's where they work. Yeah. And so if you can't pay it, then you just keep getting fine on fine on fine on fine, and it just adds up so much for people. And then that, eventually, maybe you have to go to jail, serve jail time because you can't yeah. afford it, or you lose your car, which you need to go and make your money that you still need to use to pay the bills <laughs> that before you pay the fine on it. I find that this is a it's a it's a method that I think we see uh, everywhere of just trying to keep the poor poor. It's about how expensive it is to be poor. And I think that if we can make one simple change of just um, making changes to the system to even if we lose revenue, because, again, we can find other ways to make the yes. fucking revenue and we can fix where we're spending it, that we don't need to affect communities that would be that would feel the brunt of what this is, what this issue is, we can find other ways to fix it. So my answer is unequivocally, yes, we need to fix the system. Uh, to stop ticketing and causing this uh, this vehicle enforcement within minority communities. So, answer for me is yes. Fix the fucking system. I'm trying to drop more F-bombs in this so it makes it more interesting. It's so like, oh edgy. man, how aggressive and edgy is this guy reading a questionnaire about we Chicago's local elections? We get it. We I'm get it. You're it, old. I'm trying to make it interesting for the listener. Question number 10. How am I doing, listener? <laughs> Chicago's mayor has the ability to make dozens of appointments to influential public boards and commissions. Do you want the next mayor to commit to making appointments that mirror Chicago's diverse demographics? I mean, that sounds like a yes, too. Yeah. Like, Chicago is a city of a lot of different backgrounds. Um, we are, unfortunately, a very segregated city yes. where we have people that live in their own communities. And it's a way that Chicago was built. <laughs> it's sort of just in the DNA of how Chicago was created. And you that's unfortunate. If you want to learn about that, you can just Google redlining. There's a lot of really good yes. articles that yeah. describe what it means. Yeah, redlining is actually it's a very interesting topic that like. I think that we don't have enough. We, there's not enough history of that that people are aware of that really have affected so many other pieces of the bigger like racism puzzle in America. That like when I when I saw some videos on, I, I read some articles on. I'm like, holy shit! Like this is like very specifically speaking to our history and why we are in this this situation. Um, you're never going to fix that unless you have people of different backgrounds and different demographics in your electorate. Um, because of the fact that the mayor is is uh, making these appointments, it's not a election. The mayor should therefore, I think, be somebody who comes from a different background, who would want to put people in those backgrounds and maybe even put people from you know an underheard community within a larger community to be a part of those boards to say, you need to pay attention to what's happening around you and be a part of this in order to 
give some more uh is it would it be re-enfranchising not de-enfranchising disenfranchising but re-enfranchising i mean kind of yeah it would be giving them (laughs) more power yeah so i would say yes like we should definitely have people of all backgrounds represented in all in all places that we can number 11 the mayor currently appoints the chicago public schools ceo and each member of the school board should the next mayor lobby state legislators to pass a law allowing Chicago voters to elect school board members. Um, I don't know a lot about this either. So um, for Chicago public schools, there's been a lot of issues with putting funding where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like we, like a few years ago, the Navy Pier Ferris wheel got a whole makeover while <laughs> Chicago public schools didn't get anything. Yeah. And a lot of them are getting shut down because of test scores. So Chicago public schools are really have a lot of issues of maintaining whoever is there and also paying their teachers and keeping things kind of in line. I mean, there's a lot of schools that still don't have proper heating or air conditioning yeah. around here and they should because it's a school that children are going to. Yep. So with that that in mind, there are people, you know, who could be in control of this board who may have more of an ability outside of whomever the mayor knows. Because as we all know, politics is a you-know-who-you-know type of game. Yeah. So it could always be, hey, I'm going to put like my friend over here in control of this because at the end of the day, after we go through this whole cork board of crazy conspiracy, <laughs> red, you know, red string to every different picture on the board... <laughs> I'm gonna benefit personally from it. Yeah. And basically, fuck the kids. That's pretty much what the. What no, they're I don't saying. know if that's how I'd say it, but. <laughs> that's kind of what they're saying at the end of the over. day. I mean, if you really <laughs> decided to spend millions of dollars to renovate a Ferris wheel that was just fucking fine, instead of providing funding to children, that's basically saying fuck the kids. I mean, yeah, it's. I know the school system in Chicago is not taking care of the people who need the best Chicago school system. <laughs> like the South side primarily has had a lot of schools <laughs> shut down and then we send more police into the neighborhoods to stop crime. And it's like, well, no one can go to school. No one can learn. No one can get a degree. Right. No and one can the get the biggest issue too, is that like there's magnet schools. So magnet yeah. schools are basically like, you kind of have to apply to get into them. Mm-hmm. And you know, not a lot of kids have that benefit. Not a lot of parents can afford that tuition. Yep. You know, or there are alternatives like, you know, Catholic, you know, or Methodist, yeah. whatever yeah, denomination yeah. school, which are equally just as expensive, if yeah. not more expensive, because it's a private school, then you have to pay for school uniforms. Yep. Which is an also, you know, another obstacle to get over. And while there are scholarships that are offered to certain kids, especially kids who are in lower income areas, they cannot be offered scholarships to, you know, like schools that like the North Side Spirit, it's, it's, Yeah. But what is that doing other than teaching them that, oh, you're the one that made it out? And yeah. it's continuing a really negative narrative in the yeah. end. It's not fixing the underlying issues that are causing a lot of problems, I think, in Chicago and probably a lot of the United States. is like our education system is bullshit and we should be spending more money and more, uh, uh, more energy in reforming our school systems overall to be better for the next generation of kids. So I guess in this question, uh, should we lobby state legislators to pass a law allowing Chicago voters to elect school board members? I think that 
as long as we allow it to be chosen by one person in power, then we will continue to not get our voices heard about what we want in school elections or school boards or or how we want things to be run and voting for one person that then gets to appoint a bunch of other people is always going to be a scary thought when the people could make a rational decision now of course you have to then put the power back into the people's hands which is also scary right um but i do think it would probably be a step in the right direction you also have to remember not everyone who's you know going to be a mayor has had children recently in school yeah so they're not going to understand fully the extent of what you know current parents are experiencing yeah and what students are experiencing because you know depending on who it is like say daily he's he's older he probably hasn't had kids in school for less 20 to 30 years yeah so obviously you know and the school system has changed drastically 20 to 30 years (laughs) yes in every which way so it's really it's really crucial that you have somebody who has either been heavily involved within the school systems currently or somebody who is currently involved because maybe they have a child in the school system or they have like a niece or nephew and they know how it works and the only way i think to really like enforce that and make sure that happens is to give power into people's hands and, and elect it so i am saying yes I don't know if I could maybe change my mind on that too, but let's, at the very least, I'm going to say yes for now, and we'll move on. Uh, number 12 out of 19, we're almost there. Oh, man. Should the next <laughs> mayor support a binding community benefits agreement for the Obama Presidential Center? I don't know. I mean, I know that there's there's communities that are, are arguing against having the, the Obama Center here. Um, I, for one, do want the center to be here. I would like to have the... Obama Presidential Center in Chicago. I think that it's a where you know he he lives. I think that it's a benefit for Chicago. I, I think feel like that it's, it's a big a, tourist benefit. Exactly. Yeah. We know um, especially to bring in and to show like one of I think the better presidents that have ever been uh, the first African American president in a community that he is from and a community that him and Michelle Obama are both from. I think that that's important from the optics of it. And I think that's important from the, uh, the tourism, like you said, uh, benefit. Um, I'm not sure what a binding community benefits agreement is. I'm not too sure either. So I'm going to have to click into this and give a little bit of research. (laughs) Yeah. So it looks like this is just something to ensure that it will happen and that we would, move forward with it um there have been some lawsuits uh to not get rid of the park that it would take uh place on i guess suppose um (laughs) i just read this one line the plaintiffs are mostly white and do not live in the communities closest to the site for the presidential center or the south side so yeah i i'm gonna go ahead and disagree with this one say no or no, I mean, I am going to support it because the opposition to it seems like it is not um, realistic. The opposition seems to me to be people that are um, not aware of the impact that it would have on the south side of Chicago. And just from a from a just optics standpoint, from the fact that the first African-American uh, man's president the first african-american president president, sorry uh the first african-american president of the united states is building his center in the south side of chicago which is traditionally a minority impoverished 
part of Chicago and that's where he grew up and that's where he is from and that's where he wants to put the presidential center which will bring a lot of tourism to that area it will bring a lot of um, support for that communities around it so I'm going to say yes because I do think that it should happen and I think that the mayor would have a, a, an ability to make it happen there you go that's my Love it. that's my answer for it <clears throat> question number 13 do you want the next mayor to support eliminating the single family home zoning designation which allows multi-unit homes in parts of the city as a way to reduce housing segregation is this something that you know anything about i know about this um in my hometown because we've also um had this pop up in the last couple mm-hmm. of years i remember we talked about it a couple times yeah so the town that i live in is naperville and you've probably seen it as being one of the safest places in the nation <laughs> yeah um what what also they are known for is having a really high expected income for people who live there they also have a lot of problems with housing vouchers which housing vouchers are given to people who are lower income so they can live in a diff- in an area mainly for school districts. So during my time in elementary school, middle school, and high school, um, there was a lot of issues with kids and parents um, basically saying that their kids lived within the school district by using a relative or family friend's address mm-hmm. and then saying their child lived with them. Yeah. So it came to a point where the school districts were going and sending actual in-person detectives to these people's houses to investigate to prove yes or no. Yeah. And it got really messy and it got really bad because there was kids coming, say, from like the south side even, all the way out like 45 to 50 minutes into the suburbs to get a better education. Gotcha, yeah. So a lot of this is the same as having accessible housing to those people who may not be able to afford it otherwise. Um, And it could also be accepting housing vouchers, but those are also based on per renter's discretion. So nobody's really required to accept housing vouchers. It's all by their discretion. That's also another issue that's come about because people want to be basically at the end of the day, you know, classist and racist and they don't want to accept these people who are trying to get to the neighborhood um this is kind of the same thing where they want to have affordable housing mm-hmm. but also put them in neighborhoods that maybe they traditionally would not be seated or be in so i'm reading a little bit of this uh an article about it um which is a little bit what we were talking about about redlining is is segregating based on zoning um one of the things here is that in uh areas where more minorities live it's zoned for higher uh population so that you can have a higher density of people in a overall smaller area in areas where um it's not minorities then you have a lower density so it's sort of like how many houses you can build multi-unit homes in in the same area, allowing more people to sort of be segregated by skin color or, or economics or whatever into the same area, and you always have to stay there. So you're getting more poor people out of wealthier communities, which I generally disagree with. Yes. Um, 
that's what this sounds like. And so just to read the question again, do you want the next mayor to support eliminating the single family home zoning designation, which disallows multi-unit homes in parts of the city as a way to reduce housing segregation? So I would say yes, to get rid of that, to allow more multi-unit homes to be built in certain parts of the city, <clears throat> likely lower income uh, homes so that there is less housing segregation in Chicago. I do believe this is a major issue that has plagued the city of Chicago for a long time. So I would say yes, I would like that to no longer continue to happen. And remember, when you read some of these voter questions, it's okay to kind of read it out loud because it gives you a better understanding <laughs> and comprehension of it. There's always ones that are like in the positive, and then the following one is in the negative. And when there's a double negative in it, you're like, wait yeah, a second, like, this is gonna trip me up. Yeah, I I feel like a little bit of what this episode is is us kind of doing some of the research for you. So I don't care if you necessarily agree with me or disagree with me. I just want to give you like a little bit of the background <laughs> on the question, and then tell you what my thought is on it. Um, I do think that you know we have a a podcast that talks about politics and so you're gonna attract people that tend to believe in what your politics are but if you disagree totally for it and you can feel uh differently about your community or 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 where you live in the city or where you live locally and and vote a different way for your community but um i think these are probably things that are affecting most local elections and, yeah. and most areas in the united states and and most suburbs of chicago as well so i i, I wanted to kind of just like dive in on each of these questions a little bit just give you some background and hopefully this is doing you the service that i hope it's doing for you because it's definitely doing the service for me <laughs> love it this one should be a pretty quick uh answer should the next mayor force developers of new projects to build affordable housing units and gentrifying communities where longtime residents are being displaced? Yes. And this is like sort of related to Lincoln Yards, I assume, that um, they didn't want to It's really build. related to like the gentrification of yeah. areas such as like Logan Square, which is now like a hipster mecca. Um, that's only come about in the last like seven years, I believe. Yeah, I'd say it used so. to be a little bit more um, traditionally lower income. Yeah. But now a lot of the minority population that primarily live there is being forced out and they can't afford it. Yeah. Um, same thing with Pilsen. Pilsen's the other biggest areas um, really fighting gentrification. They're actually having protests yeah. and starting conversations because they do not want this to happen to their community because that has always been it's a primarily Hispanic population yep. and they have been super adamant and they are so willing to fight yep. to keep their area how it is but it is slowly becoming gentrified because you know their area there's like a music venue there's Thalia Hall and then there's a yeah. lot of other independent areas that are popping up and it's attracting the younger Younger, crowd. Yeah, younger, younger and suburban it's, it's kids. It's starting into to, you know, force out people who have lived there for, you know, decades. Yeah. You know, and a lot of these people at that point, they're older. Especially um, a lot of Mexican American immigrants, you know, they kind of nestled in the, you know, the southern side of Chicago. Yep. Um, traditionally, from anywhere from UIC downward towards like Midway, specifically. And to have those areas begin to have gentrification, especially within the city, Midway's a little bit further out mm -hmm. south, it's, you know, it's harmful, especially, you know, if that's their last stand. For, like, I mean, obviously, as a regular-ass white guy, um, moving to the city when I did, I didn't have a ton of money. So I moved to Lincoln, or uh, sorry, Logan Square when I first moved to Chicago. Um, lived in a three-bedroom apartment in a in a apartment building. Uh, so three or four apartments in there, um, 
and you know rent was fairly cheap um but that same area has come up quite a bit um there is a really good restaurant like right behind where i lived uh that you know these now i live in wicker park and i've lived in wicker park for years and i appreciate that there's a lot of stuff that has come up in wicker park over the years when i first started to come to chicago that was where i would go to hang out and i go to to drink at the bars and eat at the restaurants and and i really enjoyed the neighborhood but even then that was when the kind of gentrification of uh wicker park had begun you're already seeing a bunch of new businesses move in and now it's like new buildings are being built new apartments are being built and they are getting very unaffordable for the area and I think that this question kind of speaks not only just to areas like Pilsen, where it's a primarily, uh, it, it's a it's a minority culture, it's a a person of culture, uh, person of color culture, it's a Mexican culture, or in other areas where it might be more black culture or whatever. There are poor white people that want to live in the city because we have to work in the city. And I'm not calling myself poor by any means, but I would say that you know rent is hard to afford for some. Uh, white kids from the suburbs as well you know it's very hard for a college graduate to get a well-paying job to then be able to pay rent in the city where you work and by pushing even poor white people out you know that causes everyone to have to commute into the city to spend you want to tax everyone who's commuting into the city yeah exactly and I, i i think that there's like so many roundabout fucking things with these these issues that all sort of connect um if it weren't for the fact that I was able to move into Chicago and then work towards getting better jobs, you know, I'd be spending way more on commuting and barely making any money to actually afford to be able to live anywhere. I, I have to spend all my money on commuting it back and forth every day or spend hours commuting back and forth every day and to live in a fucking closet in the city or whatever. Um, to me, this question is to say you need to build affordable housing units in these neighborhoods where you're trying to move out all of the poor not necessarily minorities, I'll, I'll even take minorities out of this, but you're trying to move out all the poor people that want to live there. Building a nicer neighborhood means people are going to want to live there. It seems only right that you should not be able to just say only the wealthy or only uh, uh, affluent people are allowed to live in these neighborhoods. Wicker Park is definitely getting there. Logan Square will definitely get there. Humble Park will get there. Ukrainian Village will get there. And then that's only on the north side. Like The south side has, has resisted it, I think, quite a bit. Pilsen is coming up. Bridgeport is next to that. And Bridgeport is mostly like warehouses and, and a work more, more of like a work environment. But these are areas in the city of Chicago that will inevitably get gentrified. And the idea that you could say, we're going going to tear down the buildings that have been here, build a newer building where we will only allow certain amounts of people to live in it, and it will not be something that the residents of this neighborhood could afford, then I think that you're doing a disservice to the people that are from the neighborhoods. You're not doing a service to the city of Chicago. You're not benefiting the residents that are here. You're trying to attract more wealthy people to move to your area and try to make money off of that. And sorry, but I also agree with taxing the rich so like fuck you you're gonna have to live with the poor people that you don't like you're gonna have to live with people that disagree with you and you're gonna have to pay your fair share of the of the of your you're gonna have to pay your fair share in taxes um so i agree that yes we should be building affordable housing units not for any other reason than all communities should be able to live anywhere they want we should have rent that is affordable to all people people should be paid a living wage that they can afford to live wherever they want to go 
There you go. Spicy take. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like the, the numbers are with take, me. But it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying yes to that question. Question number 15. Should the next mayor commit to building public housing replaceable units and affordable units on vacant CHA land where demolished high-rises once stood? This is specifically about Cabrini-Green. Yeah. If you're not aware, Cabrini-Green, Cabrini-Green was one of the first um, basically Section 8 housing projects in Chicago. Section 8 is essentially um, where people who are very low income and aren't able to afford housing but able to um, receive Medicare and state assistance are able to get um, help with housing, but they're traditionally put in very, quote unquote, bad areas. Mm -hmm. um, so it per further uh, continues segregation of people in the poverty class and keeping them down um, in within that class and denying them access to other things that people are afforded who aren't traditionally in those housing. Yeah, and if you say Cabrini Green, that pretty much anybody lives in Chicago, you think of gang activity, you think of drugs, you think of you know these three high-rises that just don't go nearby because it's a really dangerous area. They tore them all down. It's now empty land near what is coming up to be a pretty affluent area, a, too. Yeah, it's a very... It's a pretty already well-established area. Yeah. If you just drive through, you can you'll drive past Caprini Green, and it's like a it's a huge ghost town, surrounded by very nice high-end stores and yeah. restaurants. So should they build public housing replacement <laughs> units, so Section Eight housing, essentially to replace what was there on that land? And I mean, generally, I agree with yes. Um, there should be housing for people that have been displaced. There should be housing for people who need the support. Again, we should be we should be doing things for the 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 people who need the most in our society, and people should be paying their fair share. And we should have revenue that should be able to cover this. And we should be having uh, you know we should have access to schools and access to education and access to services to get people on their feet and you know, being able to contribute to the general community around them. So I'm going to go, yeah, because I feel like it's just like a step in the whole process. I also feel, though, at the same time, it's repeating history because you would put the same area. But also, yeah. on the other hand, it is in a very significantly more developed area. Yeah, the area is very different be. than it was when Cabrini Green was there. Which I also am like, I don't think they would have done that if the Cabrini Green was, still was there. They would have said, we're going to move this somewhere else. Yeah. But now it's 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 much nicer. And I know there are still some housing areas over there. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily put them all in one place. I feel like having you know, this large building where you just sort of like... You have know a, that have a set it and those, forget it mentality. Yeah, and you say like we're just gonna try to segregate it again and put a lot of people of color in one building <laughs> and just hope that the problem doesn't doesn't come out. It's like no, you're that's the problem is not that you have affordable housing and it's all in one area. The problem is that you're using that as an excuse to gentrify a neighborhood. You should be doing it as a service to people that need the support and also building up the community around them. Uh, if you're if you build a, uh, affordable housing for people in an area where there's good schools and you're putting money into the community to benefit them in other ways, I feel like a lot of this this these issues with the community sort of go away. You fix the problem by solving all of the contributing effects. Right. So I say yes as a simple answer to a more complex problem. There should be more housing that's affordable. There should be more public housing, but. Uh, like it's a bigger it issue. Yes. Yeah, it's a big issue. So the answer for me is yes. 
There's a couple more questions. Let's We're getting ra- there. Yeah, let's just rocket through these so we can get to the actual candidates. Should the next mayor expand <clears throat> the number of CHA housing vouchers that allows renters to find homes in neighborhoods that aren't racially and economically segregated? So this is what I was talking about earlier. Um, like in my hometown, um, I firmly believe in it because there's people who, you know, people like, you know, for example, kids who have CPS schools close on them. Like, where are they mm-hmm. supposed to go? You know, if they're able to if their families are able to have these housing vouchers so that they can move to an area that has a school that they can go to, mm-hmm. especially ones that where they don't have to trek across the city to go to as well, um, which is, you know, it's dangerous for like a kid to do. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wouldn't even let, you know, my siblings when they were 16 years <laughs> old still out of my sight because I'm scared something's going to happen to them. Yeah. Um, so just imagine like a little 10 year old kid trekking, you know themselves there and back to school yeah like over a few miles that's not okay yeah i i think that's a pretty easy thing to agree with that you know the communities that need the support need the support yeah uh so i'm gonna say yes keep that as part of the conversation we already had (laughs) number 17 (laughs) chicago aldermen enjoy unwritten unilateral power to influence zoning and development decisions in their wards do you want the next mayor to work to end this so-called aldermanic prerogative in favor of a holistic approach to citywide development? So this is basically what that Chance the Rapper video was about, about how aldermen get to make major decisions in their neighborhood. Um, Ed Burke, which we brought up earlier, has Ugh. been a serious problem in the city of Chicago. He's been an alderman for years. They make it very hard for new people to run for aldermen, run against an alderman. The aldermen are basically like politicians getting lobbied by businesses and other uh, developers that want to move into their neighborhood. Um, and they just say, well, cool, they'll pay me a bunch of money. I'm happy to to do whatever they want. And I'm an alderman. I can do this because I say so. Um, so yeah, if you watch the Chance the Rapper video about aldermen, then you know that this is a, yeah, we have to do something about about this sort of like unfettered uh, ability of of aldermen. So the answer is simple. Yes. <laughs> Number 18. So-called sweepstakes machines function like legal video gambling, but are unregulated. Should the next mayor support a ban on sweepstakes machines in Chicago? So I looked up this one, too, because, again, I have no idea what this is talking about. These are not in, uh, I don't think, our neighborhood, like where we would be living. Um, these are in more um, impoverished neighborhoods right. in the city. Um, they are essentially video gambling systems. You can find them in gas stations. You can find them in, like, Sometimes you know, there's even, like, little cafes yeah. that have them. So... The thing is, as far as I know, is similar to the casino question where um, these are unregulated by an independent third party that's making the money off of them. If we if the city were to put taxes on these um, or ban them entirely and put in their own system instead, like the casino, then it would be revenue for the city rather than just an independent company taking money from from its areas, putting basically a an idea that you know it's like the lottery where the lottery preys on people who don't have money believing that you can very easily quickly get money from it it's essentially the same idea so i do agree with this one from the from the the small amount of research (laughs) i did on it i tend to lean that way 
Sounds good. I also tend to believe that like if you can just do a little bit of research on a subject and then like make a, a, a semi-informed decision on it, you're still better off because there's no way that any single uh, citizen of, a, of an anywhere can know everything and everything behind right. it. Your job as a, as a citizen is to vote and to learn a little bit about who you're electing to then go there and make decisions for you on your behalf. Um, John Oliver did this on the first episode of the, uh, the, the new season of last week tonight, where he said, if you have a problem, like you need a plumber, like you hire somebody to do plumbing for you. That's the same job that you're hiring a politician for is to do the job of making decisions for you and your communities and your cities to do that job for you. So I don't think you need to be a fucking expert on any of this shit. I don't understand what the fuck a sweepstakes machine is, but I do believe that the politician should be in my line of thinking with it at least as what i can understand of it to then go there and make the decision that i would like to see from that 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 job all right last question question number 19 chicago has more lead service lines than any big city in the u.s should the next mayor use city money to help residents replace lead pipes that carry water to their homes fucking yeah like there, duh. there was actually a really good article that was just released and actually, my school is doing a whole water investigation of people and lead pipe and like lead pipe finding lead in their homes. I mean, we've seen this with Flint, Michigan, and how yeah. they still don't have clean water. Yeah. It's a huge, still a huge thing in our in our dialogue that Flint doesn't have water. And I think at you know, if we look at it, you know, there's been a lot of investigative reporting that has said that there is lead in our water. And it's significant enough to start to have adverse side effects on us. Yeah. And while, you know, people make fun, like, oh, yeah, I can just drink the tap water. Like, I'm going to turn into a mutant or some, you know, crazy <sighs> shit. No, it's legitimate. You can develop different, <laughs> you know, health-related issues. And it's something that needs to be swapped out and changed. It's like you don't have lead paint in your house anymore because you'll get yeah, sick. Yeah, we... It's the same thing. There's a lot of history about lead and all this shit. But I think that's a pretty simple fucking answer. Like... Fix the pipes, fi- get rid of lead. We we've put this off because they tried to sweep it under the rug, and and it's just fix it. Um, those are the questions. Now we get to the results, and it puts me as a ninety-five percent match. Ooh. This is actually different than the last time I did it. Ninety-five uh, percent match to Gary <coughs> McCarthy, a man whose name I did not see Ooh. anywhere. Um. We, I mean, 95% match. We only answered one question differently. Uh, which was? Which was the first one about the taxing rideshare. A lot of these guys want to tax the rideshares. And I kind of feel strongly about that to get the revenue for CTA improvements. I do feel strongly against uh, taxing or raising fees or trying to put a cap on rideshares. I disagree with that. Um, but most people are in favor of that. And I, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to make that my single issue because there are much other there. There's much more important issues in this as well that I'm like, yeah, I can't ignore. Right. These other things. You I know? feel like this is an election, though, for most people that this could be a single issue voting platform for yeah. a lot of people. I agree. Um, I. Uh, I mean, just to be, if you don't know, I'll just make the point here that uh, Gary McCarthy is a white man with a mustache, um, which I can appreciate. With a mustache. Um, there are a lot of people of color who are running. Um, Susanna Mendoza, Amara Annette. 
I'm going to pronounce that name wrong. Sorry. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, Tony Prankwinkle, Willie Wilson. There's a lot of people of color that are running. Um, I think it's worth to you put people in office that you want to do things for the communities that they come from. Um, it is hard to expect that somebody from a certain community is going to do something for another community. It's just, I, I think that's just fair assumption and not to say that that's how it's going to be. Um, you should definitely ha hire people around you that are from different communities to get a better sense of what you need to do in your position for those communities. I think that I would probably end up voting for somebody else because, because would, of that main because of that I would rather vote for somebody from a community that needs the support more than somebody from my own community although we agree on a lot of the similar things I'll agree on this um, I will do the research on Gary McCarthy before I go into voting before I go into the actual voting uh, booth I plan to do early voting at some point before yeah don't get stuck like um, a lot of people did in the last election cycle where people were waiting four hours in line on yeah. election day try to early vote if you're able to it makes it a hell of a lot easier yeah um so i i um i've heard a lot of good things about Lori lightfoot i've seen a lot of people that i know personally saying good things about Lori lightfoot um i again i'm gonna do some more research before i go and vote but just as a as a thing there i feel pretty okay with Lori Lightfoot as well as a candidate as far as what I know now although we only got a 74% match well, so my OKQ score is pretty with? low uh, the CTA thing um, she believes to hire more police detectives to reduce violence in the, the homicide rate she did not answer the uh, taxing on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange or the um, cutting the benefits for uh, pensions to, to fund the pensions. Um, so there's just a couple like didn't answer things in there that I said yes on. Um, didn't answer about the Obama Presidential Center. Everything else we actually agreed on. It was only the fact that she didn't say yes or no to some of them that I did answer. So that probably took it away from there. But again, the only things that we really disagreed on that she did answer were the uh, uh, taxes on the ride shares and uh, the police detectives one. So not not too far off. Uh, I'll do some more research in the next couple of days before I go early vote, basically. And um, if you're looking for more information, there's this really great independent site created by um, a bunch of independent uh, news reporting agencies around here in Chicago called shy.vote. And it actually has a really great breakdown list of everybody who's running for mayor, treasurer, um, and also breaks down the aldermen. Yeah, which as is as well, um, and this is all independent media, so there's no big media um, advertising influences on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's all very straightforward, and it's all objective, non-biased, straight to the point. It links to their websites and lists their education and experience and background history as well. Definitely. So this is a long episode. This is. We're, we're just talking about mayor, and we've already gone over an hour and a half, so I don't want to keep us going too long. I do want to say um, a, a, a Chicago politician that I've been following for a while who made a, a mayoral or a, a gubernatorial bid didn't get through the prime didn't even get to the primary. Uh, Amaya Pawar is a politician I've been following who is now running for treasurer. Um, he's very progressive. He's very much like a... a I, I guess AOC type now we can say that because AOC is so she's a, yeah she's so prominent yeah um, he's much more of an AOC type he's very uh, 
progressive in his ideas for what he wants to do as a treasurer. And because we talk so much about revenue, so much about bringing money into the city, I only think it's fair to then elect somebody who's going to be in charge of the of the wallet of the city. Um, I have very much appreciated what Amaya Pawara stood for. He is uh, from nearby my hometown of uh, Des Plaines, and he also um, is Indian. Uh, so he's, you know, I, I try not to vote for white people in 2019. Getting wild. Try not to vote for white men in 2019 uh, or 2020. So, you know, there's that. Um, that's where I stand as far as treasurer goes. You can agree or disagree. I would like to have somebody progressive who's thinking about where our money's going as uh, in charge of that. He's been endorsed by a lot of the major Chicago publications. So there's that as well. Um, Alderman is the thing that's like really tough because there's a lot of people running for Alderman and I'll link the chance to the rapper video so you can get a better idea of, of how Alderman uh, is a position that works um, just vote against Ed Burke just in any yeah. way you can um, there's literally no Ed Burke anywhere yeah like he's literally just awful that's it and I um, I do uh, I will be voting for uh, Joe Moreno, who is the alderman over like Wicker Park and, and Logan Square area. Um, <coughs> if you <laughs> just to give you an idea, so Double Door was a venue. Rip. Yeah, Double Door was a venue in Wicker Park that closed. Um, there was a lot of arguments from the neighborhood about it, but the owners still decided to sell, and now they're building a Yeti. <laughs> A Yeti uh, cooler store. They are bringing Double Door back, but to Uptown area, yes. which is on the is further to the east side. Um, yes, east, nor- northeast side of the city from where so, we are in Wicker Park. So when those fights were happening, uh, Joe Moreno was one of the people that was out there on the side of trying to keep it and arguing for the neighborhood, arguing that it's a you know local venue, it's a small independent venue. We need to keep those. It keeps the culture of our area alive. And of course, didn't win. But I appreciate that there's somebody out there who is in charge of my neighborhood, saying that he wants to keep those sort of things around, keep the culture, keep the 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 attitude. Um, he was also, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be totally off base with this, but I'm just going to say it wildly with no evidence and not going to look it up while we're on this recording, um, that he was the one that was kicked out of his offices because he argued with that landlord, and I believe it's the same landlord of Double Door. And he, uh, he has bought a number of buildings in Chicago, especially in the Logan Square area, uh, and owns them just to push out people he doesn't want in there and make more money off of them so he's been buying up a bunch of buildings that's true i love how petty it is because it's like he got real petty petty i love it and so he kicked out uh he kicked him out of the his offices and um he had to go find a new place but it's like this is a landlord that's basically just buying up this neighborhood and selling it to the highest bidder and you know, this is something that a lot of other aldermen are kind of okay with, and aldermen that own some of the, or uh, not own, but, you know, basically think that they own. I realize that quotation marks don't really work yeah. on a podcast recording. Um, that that sort of think that they own these areas and can just do it with them what they want, and it benefits themselves. It doesn't benefit the communities that live there. Um, so definitely pay attention to aldermen. It's not something that should go ignored. People have ignored it, and that's where we get to we get these issues if you're complaining about things not being done in your in your neighborhood if you're complaining about um potholes in the road if you're complaining about congestion at traffic lights if you're complaining about all of the good restaurants closing if you're complaining about how there's no uh local 
venues anymore. Like these are the people that are are going to be there to change the, the to change that from happening, or attract new things from coming in. Like Double Door had to go somewhere, and they built it somewhere else. And and you know, we the aldermen are the people that are going to be doing something about that. Especially like in uh, Logan Square, they have a lot of uh, churches being converted into really expensive apartments. Yep. And I feel like that's um desecrating holy uh, I mean, you know get, sanctuaries I don't give a shit about that but I do I mean, give a shit I about I know you don't expensive give a shit about uh, that. but when I see housing. like an offering altar table as your new kitchen island I'm into it I feel like that's a little bit sacrilegious to an I'm extent um, I know a lot of people <laughs> are not super religious who probably listen to this podcast um, I mean I don't know but I, I personally am not so I am only mad about putting up expensive housing you know this like fully renovated new housing in an area that generally can't afford it seems a little these are these are housing units that are like it's you know like two thousand dollars for like a one bed one bath yeah it's a lot which for you know logan square area is it's it's ridiculous it's a lot um all right well i think we should wrap it up because it's a long episode um thank you if you listened all the way through to get an idea of the issues that are happening in chicago and what you should be thinking of when you go to the polls and go to the fucking polls you turds um yeah so i hope that was in some way interesting and uh we're probably just like you we we don't find this shit terribly interesting and we don't find this to be very like exciting to talk about but you know that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast was to bring attention to the things that people aren't paying attention to and if we didn't do this it wouldn't be standing up with our credo with the reason that we started this thing with the reason that we want to be talking in anyone's ears we have the privilege to be able to do this so we should take advantage of that privilege and use it for a good message going forward agreed Overall, just go to the polls, vote, do something with your with your ability to go to the poll, <laughs> like do something with your Literally. right to vote. Um, yeah. So let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening from all of us at the Emo Social Club podcast. Uh, uh, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And uh, goodbye.